My wife and I were driving back from the funeral of uh, Eleanor Bartz. She was the wife of Helmut Bartz, and her husband died a few years earlier. We had also attended his funeral. And Helmut Bartz had been the um, president of the Jung Institute for, I think, 20 years, from the late 70s to the late 90s, or mid-70s to mid-90s, something like that, but a long-time president, a very well-known and highly regarded figure in the Jungian world, not so well internationally known. Um, he was very rooted in Switzerland. He was German by birth. Both of he and his wife were German. And um, I got to know them, um, and we had many good times together. They invited us to their home. Always when you went into their home, the first thing they handed you was a glass of champagne. That was his signature. Pop open a bottle of champagne and give you a glass. <laughs> and uh, so every time we drink champagne here, we think of Helmut and, and uh, Eleanor. And they were a couple. They, they met as in high school, and they were married for life. They had a family, three, two or three children. But whenever you saw one, it was only a few moments later and you saw the other one. They were always together. <laughs> and I invited them to the United States uh, to come to Ghost Ranch, the Ghost Ranch Conference in the, in the 80s. And there they were, the two of them. And uh, side, always side by side, wherever Helmut was, there Eleanor was and vice versa. They both wrote books. She was very interested in astrology. He was very interested in the romantic, German romantics, and Goethe, and um, very, very cultured people. Super cultured. Lovely people. So anyway... Um, and in psychodrama as well, right? In psychodrama, yeah. They both studied psychodrama with Moreno in Italy, and they brought it to Zurich, and they taught it in their home. In the basement, they had a room for psychodrama. And they gave classes. A lot of students at the Young Institute studied psychodrama. John Hill. John Hill studied with taught him. us. Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they were always a couple. We always saw them as a couple. Then Helmut died of cancer, um, and he was in his 70s, I think, not so very old. Um, and uh, she was left alone. Um, she struggled on very well. She came to ISAP, she taught, she was an analyst, and then, but two or three years later, she also developed cancer and died. So we went to both of their funerals, and coming home from um, her funeral, we were driving along, remembering them, telling stories about our experiences with them here and there, and, um, driving up this winding road that comes up to Goldieville from Toon, suddenly coming around a curve, we saw that the road was blocked. Uh, somebody coming down the road had stopped all the traffic and um, signaled to us to stop. So we stopped the car. Never had this happened before. Sometimes there will be an accident on the road and there will be an ambulance or some bicycle riders have accidents sometimes, but very rare. So we wondered what in the world's going on. And then we saw coming down the hill out of the woods, 
and crossing the road, two mandarin ducks. Mandarin ducks up here? <laughs> they, we never see mandarin ducks up here. They're down in the lake. Uh, and they crossed the road, went off on the other side, and flew away. And suddenly it occurred to me, that's Helmut. <laughs> They're always together. <laughs> and um, that was a signal. And I've had a number of these experiences in my life where a person who has died signals that they're still around in some form. I call them signals of transcendence, which is the title of a book I read in graduate school. But we get these signals of something else going on uh, in the afterlife. And um, uh, usually we, we don't notice it or we discount it. And uh, this was such a vivid memory, and that there were two of them. And mandarin ducks are known to marry for life. They're among the few animals that are are uh, uh, faithful to each other right. for life. Right. Uh, right. Most animals mate, and then they go off and mate right. again with another one, and it's sort of just the instinct for reproduction. But mandarin ducks are monogamous, and they mate for life. And that was Eleanor and Helmut. I never heard any stories, which one often hears about people. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about analysts, too, who have affairs, you know, and, and are totally monogamous, maybe somewhat, but not totally. But I never heard such a story about Helmut. I can't imagine it. Um, uh, and that's the Mandarin, the Mandarin ducks. And they signaled us, OK, we're still around. See you later. <laughs> See you later. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of, I think, you know, when I think, what kind of bird will I be uh, and come back and signal you, Luis? Yeah. Um, or a butterfly. A butterfly is another one. Uh, I have a butterfly story about a close friend who died and returned, signaled us as a, as a butterfly. Um, but they're winged objects, you know, winged beings, birds or butterflies. And I've heard other people tell stories like that, too, about somebody who recently died and then a bird appears in, in their space and, you know, something very anomalous happens that tells them, oh, that's, that's who that is. Do you, do you think that, and this is a, a bit of a, I mean, without getting too much into theory, but do you think that union psychology allows you to to think w within that framework of analytical psychology? Can you think of, you know, that? that uh, well, you know, uh, uh, the theory says that every complex has a dual core. Every complex, your mother complex, your father complex, and your ego complex. So what is the dual core and the ego complex? Well, the personal core is your, your memory, your life experience, your identity. You're a Chilean, I'm an American. That's part of our identity, always will be. That's how we grew up, carry that with us. That's in the personal side of the core of the ego. But what about the archetypal core, the archetypal side of the core? Well, in Jungian theory, uh, it's the self. Ooh. The self centers the psyche as a whole, and the ego centers consciousness. 
So that part of the ego uh, that is not personal, that is not your personal history, is something you come with into, into you're born with a self. And then your ego develops beside it, and that forms your ego, your ego complex. Right. So that's how I think about it in terms of Jungian theory, that that part of, of the ego complex that is um, archetypal um, does not die with the body. Mm -hmm. The body is temporal, has a history, birth, death, but the archetypal part does not. It's there before your body and it's there after your body. You mm -hmm. come into it, into your body, and you leave your body. I mean, that's reflected in religions of the world, you know, on the right. whole theory of reincarnations based right. on something right. like that. Right. Um, and Jung believed that. Yeah. There's a story that Jung, um, after Tony Wolf's death, a little girl was born in a, in a village near Bollingen somewhere. And he would go and visit her, and he observed her, and he said, that's Tony. That's Tony, yeah. I know that's Tony. She's come back as that little girl. Yeah. <laughs> so Jung yeah, yeah. definitely believed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in, I don't know, uh, in some places he hints at that. He was very hesitant to write about stuff like that because it was so woo-woo in, in his time. It's less. It's more acceptable nowadays, I think, that to, to think like that. that. We've opened up more to the spiritual possibilities and the invisible world than modernity. It really shut it down, the scientific worldview. If you can't measure it, it doesn't exist. Um, now, intuition is um, seen as having some access to truth that um, thinking sensate functions might not have. It's very hard for the thinking to get into that, but intuition can embrace it and yeah. go there. And I think that Jung had that from early on, Definitely. early yeah. on in life. His two personalities, yeah. He writes about that in Memories, Dreams, Reflections. That's why I, I call that book Jung's Testament, uh, Jung's Legacy. He spoke it like I'm speaking to you, uh, to Anela Yaffe. He told her stories, she wrote them down, and then she stitched them together and she made a book. Yeah. Um, and that's Memories, Dreams. It's this marvelous book. It's a classic that, that will outlast his most of his other writings. It really is a, a story of his soul, you know, um, the story of his inner life and relatively little about his history, it's a story, but enough, there's enough there to patch together a, a biography, but you know, biographers want a lot more detail. Who did he meet when? Who did he talk to? He had sure. lunch with Churchill. Sure. You know, what, what, what did they talk about? He doesn't write about any of that kind of stuff in there. It's more the story of his inner development, his inner world.